It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, go on over to betonline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus when you do. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. He is Joe Dolan, an absolute stud, at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, former offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, Redskins, Cowboys, Bills, Patriots, Browns. Now I love all of the podcasts, College Draft, Ross Tucker Football Podcast, even money betting podcast, and of course, this the fantasy feast podcast. I am all over it, and so is Joe. There's a reason why he's the number one ranked fantasy analyst in the country. We'll get into that more a little bit later, Joe. We'll also get into the DFS nature of the playoffs because that's a little bit different. We talked about it last week, but a little bit different. I did want to mention. If you listen to some of the other shows, you probably already heard this, but I broadcast a game pretty much every weekend, so I have all kinds of really cool press passes from those games, and anybody this week who goes to manscaped.com to get some precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, anybody who does that, manscaped.com, using the code MONEY. Forward me the email after you did that. Even if you just get the crop preserver or whatever, which is kind of like deodorant for your you-know-whats. If you do that, send it to me and let me know if you want a press pass or not. No need to enter. You definitely win. I'm telling you right now, you are a winner as long as you do that. All right, Joe. So I mentioned it earlier, and I know we talked about it last week in week 17, but that was a big slate. There were a lot of teams playing, all 32. What is the DFS coaching points once we get into the postseason with the wild card round and divisional round? Well, one thing you have to do, Ross, is you have to dig completely deep. There's going to be some guys in your lineup who would not even be in consideration for you, even in a week like week 17 when uh, when there's going to be starters resting, you are going to have to save money somewhere. And you have to understand that somewhere down the line, you're going to have to probably either, you know, hey, look, there's some luck involved here. Get lucky with some of the players who uh, you put in your lineup or resign yourself to the fact that you're going to have to put somebody like, let's say, a Tajay Sharp in your lineup and expect that he's going to catch two or three passes. The, you you can't hit a home run with every guy. The question here now is which of those guys are going to play more, which of those guys are going to have the better matchups, and you have to make sure that your studs, the studs in your lineup, really carry you because you have a very, very thin margin for error with your high-priced guys. So it's, a, it's an interesting slate of games, but it, it harkens back to what we talked about on Thanksgiving. I mean, there are going to be guys here who you are just praying – 
make a play. Uh, I think Ross on Thanksgiving, I, uh, I, I used uh, our boy, uh, Horstead, Jesper Horstead from the bears in my lineup. There's a lot of guys like that, that you're going to have to be considering this week. And when we talk about the tight end position, I mean, that's really where you get into the nitty gritty this week. All right. So then let's dive into it because four games and we're going to have to get deep, which means we're going to have to talk about more guys Let's start with the Bills and the Texans. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting game, and it's one of the three games this week where I wouldn't be shocked by any straight-up outcome, whether Buffalo wins or Houston wins, vice versa. There's one game where I'd be pretty surprised, but this is one of the three games where I could see it going either way. And I think a large part of this for Houston really uh, hinges on the availability of Will Fuller. And this is something we've talked about on the podcast throughout the year. Will Fuller's, uh, Deshaun Watson's numbers are starkly different when Will Fuller is on the field vis-a-vis when he's off the field. Uh, Over two yards per attempt higher for Deshaun Watson when Will Fuller's on the field. The Texans are just a better offense when Will Fuller is on the field. And Bill O'Brien came out today and essentially said Will Fuller is going to be a game-time decision. So fortunately... If you're doing a full slate of games uh, for for the DFS contest, meaning both games Saturday and both games Sunday, you're going to have this information early because this is the first game to kick off. But it is a huge injury because we know DeAndre Hopkins is going to have the matchup with Tredavious White. We know that the that that Buffalo's defense has been pretty strong all season long. And as I just said, we know what Deshaun Watson's numbers look like with Fuller on the field or off the field. This is such a critical injury. Arguably, the single most critical injury on offense uh, that, that could be decided this week. And I'm even including Zach Ertz with Philadelphia in there. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we all noticed that. I almost feel like Joe... If he's a game time decision, what are the chances that he's not going to re injure it or, you know, not that, or that he's going to be effective? And you obviously know that this is somebody who's left games early with soft tissue injuries multiple times. I mean, uh, even a couple weeks ago, he came in, I think it was the hamstring injury. Well, then he leaves uh, with the groin injury. So these things seem to have a, a, a problem. You know, you overcompensate uh, sometimes. Hey, I'm trying to protect my knee, so I hurt my hip. Uh, I'm trying to protect my ankle, so I hurt my hamstring. Yeah, those things happen all the time, and it seems to happen a lot with Will Fuller. But I totally agree with you, Ross. I don't know if I'd be playing Will Fuller for DFS even if he goes, uh, probably more of a GPP guy versus a cash game guy. However, I do know the entire ceiling of this offense is raised if Will Fuller goes. And and that that's uh, really important right now. Um, unfortunately for Houston, if we're talking in the backfield, Buffalo's run defense has been really good. They're, they've been a top, uh, well, four running backs over the last five weeks. They've been a bottom 10 matchup. Aver- uh, running backs are averaging under four yards a carry against them over that span. But they have have given up 29 receptions to running backs over the last five games. That is uh, that is uh, tied for seventh most in the NFL. Maybe that makes this more of a Duke Johnson than a Carlos Hyde game, but not a great appealing matchup for the backfield here for Houston either. What about uh, for their tight ends? And uh, you already mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. Is Deshaun Watson a quarterback you would strongly consider this weekend? Well, much more so if Fuller goes. Of course, if Fuller does go, Deshaun Watson becomes much more uh, popular. Um, I have him currently right now ranked fifth out of eight quarterbacks for the week. That is 
very much so with uh, a Will Fuller hedge built in. I could see moving him as high as number two if Will Fuller goes, which tells you how uh, how volatile I think quarterbacks two through eight are this week. I think Drew Brees is far and away the QB one this week, uh, but the rest of the guys I think are bunched up much closer. So I could see moving him as high as two if Will Fuller goes. I'd probably slide him into the three, four range um, just to hedge against the potential re-injury uh, for uh, Will Fuller. As for the tight ends, I have Darren Fells ranked number seven right now uh, for the week. He's really, after uh, starting out kind of hot at points this year, uh, he uh, he's quieted down a little bit. He didn't catch a ball, obviously. He didn't play um, uh, very much against Houston in weeks, uh, against Tennessee in week 17. He has not topped three catches since week number eight. He has two touchdowns in the, in the last eight weeks of the season. Uh, unfortunately, none of them have come in games in which he's, uh, in which he's accrued four catches or 30 yards receiving. So he is a touchdown or bust guy. And it's worth pointing out that, uh, on, uh, on today, actually, uh, Jordan Thomas, uh, the tight end mispracticed with an illness. So keep that in mind as well. They're, uh, they're a young tight end mispracticed with an illness. So Darren Fells, uh, Jordan Aikens, those are guys who uh, really are touchdown or bust at this point. On the other side, the Buffalo Bills. Who are we looking at there? Uh, yeah, we're going to look at basically uh, really the entire team. And I think the one guy who I really like this week and I think is going to be very popular is uh, is John Brown because that Houston secondary, as much as it has gotten a little bit better, still exploitable. Uh, they've given up the 14th most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last um, five weeks. And A.J. Brown went absolutely nuts against them last week. He's a phenomenal player. So I like John Brown and I really like Cole Beasley for Buffalo. The question I have now – Devin Singletary on the ground. Houston has been really, really beat up. Now, obviously, last week, the numbers you take into account, the fact that they didn't have their starting defense out there, but they've given up the the seventh most uh, running back points over the last five weeks. Obviously, we saw what Derrick Henry did last week. And the question now becomes, how much does the return of J.J. Watt help that? And it's a big return. I don't think he's going to be playing a full slate of snaps, but it's a very, very big return for Houston's defense. So I do think Buffalo is going to have more success passing the ball uh, against the secondary than they will running the football. And Devin Singletary, as we know, he's had a problem getting in the end zone. That's been the biggest issue for him. It's not the fact that his production's bad. It's uh, quite the opposite. He's averaged 5.1 yards per rush attempt in, uh, on the season. However, he has just two rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns because Buffalo uses Frank Gore and especially Josh Allen at the goal line. So this is a this is one of the quarterback wide receiver stacks, maybe Allen and Brown, maybe Allen and Beasley that I'd be leaning to in this particular matchup. I really like uh, what these uh, what these guys do. Um, uh, I like the volatility for DFS. I like the high ceiling uh, versus a potentially low floor because we know Allen can miss throws. Right now, I have Josh Allen ranked number three at quarterback. I have John Brown and Cole Beasley both in my top ten at wide receiver for the week. I can see stacking Allen with one, if not maybe even both of those wide receivers if you really want to get crazy with a Bills stack. And then there's Dawson Knox, the tight end. You know, he's been kind of quiet. I thought there were opportunities for him to have a much better season than he's had. But you have to keep in mind that he's a rookie, just like uh, just like Darren Fells. This is a guy who hasn't topped three catches since all the way back in week 10, though you definitely point out. 
that uh, in week 16 against the Patriots, Josh Allen missed him for two potential touchdowns. So keep that in mind. I think Dawson Knox could be somebody you roll with as well. Got it. Anything more on the running back part or should we move on to the next game? Uh, Devin Singletary is the one guy you can use here because I'm not like terribly excited. It's not like Frank Gore has done a whole lot. The problem with Singletary is he just doesn't get into the end zone. They use Josh Allen almost exclusively at the goal line. All right, let's move on to Saturday night. Titans, Patriots. Let's start with the Titans because I got to imagine guys like A.J. Brown and... Derrick Henry might be pretty popular in people's lineups. Oh, for sure. And this is where I really think as a football fan, I'm excited for the tactics of Bill Belichick because Bill Belichick, we know we always say, Hey, he likes to take away the team's best player. He likes to say, we're not going to let that guy beat us. And you know, we'll give up 10 catches to that guy. As long as he, as long as their big play guy doesn't get the ball. So We're going to have the Patriots and their defense going up against this Titan offense, which, as we've said, has been pretty narrow for fantasy. It's been really over the past number of weeks. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, maybe a sprinkling of Jonu Smith. And that's kind of what we've been doing for fantasy. Now, you have to expand on that when we're looking at the Titans from this standpoint, because obviously there's only four games this week. But I look at the Titans and I say what Bill Belichick I presume he's going to do, and he's very much smarter than I am when it comes to football. But I think he's going to say, I'm going to trust Stephon Gilmore with A.J. Brown. And then I am going to sell out to stop Derrick Henry. Because I don't think he views this team as somebody who's going to be dangerous if Derrick Henry cannot get going. And I think we've seen the Titans struggle in games where they didn't have Derrick Henry, where Derrick Henry hasn't gotten going. Even when Deion Lewis played well a couple of weeks ago against the Saints, the Titans just seem to be lacking a consistency. And that is a game that I think Bill Belichick's going to focus on. when Against the Saints, the, uh, the Titans did not have Derrick Henry. They had to roll with Deion Lewis. And A.J. Brown got shut down by Marshawn Lattimore. I think Bill Belichick's going to view uh, his defense very similarly. Now, does this mean you fade A.J. Brown? Maybe for DFS. If I were playing a lineup, like a traditional lineup, probably not. Uh, I wouldn't do that. But I think for DFS, you can consider a fade unless you look at the fact that Well, Devontae Parker went nuts on Stephon Gilmore last week, and I think Stephon Gilmore got a little bit bullied, and I think Stephon Gilmore is probably going to have Bill Belichick up his ass this week saying, you can't do that again. You cannot do that again because we need you to win this game. So another guy I'm looking at for Tennessee uh, from a DFS standpoint is Corey Davis. Now, I know he's been a disappointment. He's been a big-time disappointment. He hasn't lived up to being a top-five pick. However, Corey Davis is a talented guy. Four for 44 last week. He had three for 40 the previous week. He has been involved. He has not scored a touchdown since week seven. However, I could see him getting into the end zone as A.J. Brown uh, is on Stephon Gilmore. So Corey Davis is somebody who I think is interesting for DFS. I also really like uh, Jonu Smith for DFS. I have him ranked third at tight end. Bill Belichick came out singing his praises, and he said, hey, look, I think this guy is really good after the catch. And because the Titans have the threat of Corey Davis and A.J. Brown on the perimeter. I don't think this is going to be one of those weeks where you actually see Bill Belichick put Stefan Gilmore on Jonu Smith on third downs. We've seen him do that in the past with Zach Ertz, with Travis Kelsey. It's not going to happen this week. So I like Jonu Smith. And for sure, I know 
I, I do worry about the Belichick factor with Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry is a slam dunk top two or three running back on this slate with Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's he's a really high-end option this week. I expect him to get 20-plus carries. A very, very interesting game. I think my favorite side just breaking down uh, from a football standpoint is this Titans offense versus the Patriots defense this week. Interesting. All right. Um, what about... Tannehill. I have him at four only because on the road in New England, I do think this is a tough matchup, but I've been trying to reconcile this this week. I've been saying, and you can't do this. I understand you can't do this, but if you were to take the Patriots jerseys off of them and plop them just in a nondescript stadium and put them up against this Titans team, I would think the Patriots might be a two-point favorite. And they're up to close to six-point favorites, like five and a half, six points, because they're the Patriots. And it's you can't necessarily separate that Patriots-ness from them, and you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But this is not a team that's playing good football right now. And, and it, there's nothing that tells you that story more, obviously, than the fact that this is their first time in 10 years that they don't have a first-round bye. I would not be shocked if the Titans came out and beat the Patriots. I really would not. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I have fourth right now in my rankings behind Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Josh Allen, only because I do think the Patriots do kind of uniquely match up with the Titans' strengths. What about Henry? Well, uh, like I said, I think Bill Belichick is going to try to shut him down. I think that's what he's – I think – I would not be stunned if Belichick throws a bunch of eight-man boxes out there to try to slow Henry down. The problem is the Patriots have kind of struggled as a run defense at times. Now, yeah. over the past five weeks, they've given up the fewest fantasy points to running backs in large part because they played Miami and Miami doesn't have a running back. So that, 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 that really factors into that. But I think Bill Belichick's going to say, I'm going to let Stefan Gilmore handle AJ Brown. And I am going to try to slow down Derrick Henry with scheme. So that's the only reason I don't have Derrick Henry ranked number one this week. Let's go Patriots. Speaking of running backs, Sony, Michelle, Burkhead, James White, your thoughts. Well, Sony Michelle has gotten going a little bit recently, and I think it's interesting that the Patriots have kind of now, maybe even in a way, morphed to what they were at the end of last season, just a much less successful version of that. Uh, Sony Michelle, over the last three games, he had, remember, he had five carries for eight yards against Kansas City in week 14. In week 15 against the Bengals, 19 for 89. Taylor Swift album. Uh, New England uh, against Buffalo in week 16, 21 for 96. Against Miami last week in a loss, 18 for 74. And Michelle had his first touchdown since week seven. So I think the Patriots and Belichick have decided if we're going to go anywhere, we have to run the football. And that has also coincided with Rex Burkhead being more involved in the offense. Uh, James White, over the past few games, has really fallen by the wayside. Uh, I know he scored the receiving touchdown, but Rex Burkhead, um, James White, over the past three games, has just 10 carries. Uh, he has just 10 carries, um, excuse me, 10 receptions, and he has eight carries over the past three games combined. Meanwhile, over that span, Rex Burkhead has himself 17 carries and seven receptions. So Rex Burkhead's actually been used more than James White of late. I think all three of these guys are viable for DFS. I think Burkhead 
because he's going to be the cheapest, might actually be more owned than you might think. And you wonder if the Patriots are going to lean on to what happened last year when James White seemed to take a step back towards the end of the regular season and then was really, really important for what the Patriots did during the postseason. Um, at the end of last uh, last regular season, uh, James White had games of six touches, fought seven touches, 10 touches and eight touches. And then in the postseason, he had games of 15 touches, 10 touches and five touches in their first postseason game last year. James White caught 15 passes. So just because James White has fallen by the wayside a little bit, I don't think that necessarily means we should be avoiding him uh, for DFS purposes. I think this running back group is going to be very important to what the Patriots do. And if they want to play things slowly, they want to slow things down. They're going to realize that the Titans have given up the 10th most fantasy points to running backs over the past five weeks. I think this is a game that the Patriots are going to start with their backfield. Tight ends, I mean, we can just move on, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, you're not even considering these guys even this week when we don't really have a stud tight end. All right, uh, receiver. I mean, Edelman or Bust, is there someone else that maybe you take a flyer on? Well, Edelman's really banged up, so that Edelman versus Logan Ryan matchup's going to be really fascinating out of the slot. Nobody knows Logan Ryan as well as Bill Belichick does, so I'm really interested to see what they do. He's got the knee and the shoulder injury. Um, I kind of have him ranked at two just out of pure necessity this week because Hopkins has a tough matchup. A.J. Brown has a tough matchup. I think the Patriots really want to try to get Nikhil Harry going. And I think he is the guy I would probably take the shot on if I need to take a shot on another Patriot wide receiver. Uh, I, I think he's kind of come alive a little bit. And the reason I'm going to take a shot on Nikhil Harry is simply this. Nothing else has worked for them. Mohamed Sanu has not really worked out for them. Nikhil Harry had a season high in targets in week 17, and I don't think that's a coincidence, Ross. I really don't. Nikhil Harry would be the guy outside of Julian Edelman I'd be most excited to take a shot on here. Uh, you can go with Sanu as like a cheap DFS guy, but uh, Nikhil Harry is the guy I would take a shot on. 14 targets over his past three games combined. Let's go to Sunday at 1. It's the Vikings... And the Saints. And I talked to Greg Cosell this morning on the Ross Tucker football podcast, and he was telling me that Taysom Hill is in over 35% of the snaps for the Saints. What position is he listed at on DFS, Joe? I believe he is listed as a wide receiver on FanDuel, which is interesting now because I ranked him in quarterback. You have to rank him. Uh, you have to rank him. Uh, this uh, at quarterback because I mean that that's what he is traditionally for fantasy, but he is absolutely in the uh, in the conversation for DFS. I mean, there's no two ways about it that he's in the conversation uh, for DFS. So you look at Taysom Hill and you say he's been a really important player. You know, I've been watching him, and those of us with fantasy, um, we really get kind of annoyed by by Taysom Hill because he comes into the game. And you're looking at, you're looking at, oh no, here he comes again. He's going to steal a touchdown from Jared Cook. He's going to steal a touchdown from Alvin Kamara. But I've seen him run some routes here over the past couple of weeks. And I'm like, man, all that talk that we have about the, like, the Eagles wide receivers, dude, this dude would be the Eagles best wide receiver. Like, I mean, he is a unique talent. Um, he is, yeah, I have him as a tight end here on FanDuel rather. So he's, a uh, he's interesting there, um, so 
you don't use him as a as a quarterback. I think he is very viable for DFS. They're going to put him out there because he's really been their most consistent fantasy player outside of Breeze, Kamara, and Michael Thomas. I mean, real and uh, Jared Cook, excuse me. So maybe you fade Jared Cook a little bit and you go get Taysom Taysom Hill involved, put him in in a flex spot. I think he's absolutely viable for fantasy. Uh, he would be one of my top four saints uh, for fantasy purposes because of the way that they use him. Uh, 35% of the snaps, his usage has been increasing. I would not be shocked at all if he has a multiple touchdown game at some point during the playoffs. Uh, I, it's just a really unique matchup, and I think the Saints are going to view that my that Minnesota secondary is exploitable. What about, I mean, we know about Kamara, we know about Michael Thomas, you know, would you pay up for both of those guys? And is there anybody else to talk about? Well, uh, I have Kamara at number one among running backs, and I have uh, I have Michael Thomas number one among wide receivers. Uh, Michael Thomas number one at wide receiver is a no-brainer. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the single most heavily owned player on the slate, despite his price, because I think I, I think it's so so clear that he's the best. Um, he's the best option now. He is dealing with a little bit of a hand injury. I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to play just keep that in mind um unfortunately you do have to consider other players at this time uh Latavius Murray has a revenge game I have him 13th at, at running back this week Traquan Smith got in the end zone last week he's really the only other wide receiver that I'd like to consider unless you want to put Ted Ginn in a deep lineup but I have Traquan Smith at 13th but uh I, I think um, those two, those guys are the guys I'd consider. And then, of course, there's Jared Cook, who has really gotten going here over the past couple of weeks. The the Minnesota Vikings have actually ended up doing a really nice job. I think uh, for the season, they gave up very few touchdowns uh, to the to the tight end position. However, what they did do was give up a lot of catches to the position. So I think um, I think Jared Cook is somebody who is going to be particularly interesting. As a matter of fact, yeah. How about this, Ross? Minnesota gave up just one touchdown to the tight end position all season long. Uh, however, 84 catches were the eighth most this season. So the touchdowns can be kind of fluky. I would much more look at the fact that they've given up 84 catches to the position than just one touchdown. Uh, Jared Cook and Taysom Hill, I like both at tight end here on FanDuel and DFS sites this week. What about for the Vikings? How, how healthy is Dalvin Cook going to be? That's the big question. That is the huge question. Uh, he uh, doesn't – I don't even think he has an injury designation, as a matter of fact. I think he's playing at full strength, practicing at full strength. He got the rest. I'm a little concerned that he might get a, that, that he might get re-injured. However, I think they rested him for a reason. They rested him so they could try to slow things down. I think it's going to be a heavy play-action game from Minnesota. Now, we know uh, – you talked to Greg Cosell. We know that you do not need to run the football in order to successfully execute play-action. However, they are still going to try to do that. I don't know if Mike Zimmer is somebody who who believe who doesn't believe you have to establish the run to 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 uh, successfully execute play action. So I expect a heavy dose of Dalvin Cook. The um, the Vikings are eight point underdogs. I don't think they want their defense on the field out there against New Orleans a whole lot in this game on the road. I think Mike Zimmer is going to try to shorten the game, and that makes Dalvin Cook. Very, very intriguing to me. Who's the receiver to be on, Thielen or Diggs? 
Well, I think Diggs is going to see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore, which is the problem. However, what have we seen from Adam Thielen that makes us confident in using him? And as a matter of fact, I think that makes him all the more appealing for DFS because Adam Thielen, the last time he topped, unbelievable, the last time Adam Thielen topped 30 yards receiving this year, Ross, week six. Now, obviously, he's only played in four games since then, but he was held catchless in week 16. He had three catches in week 15, didn't play since week nine uh, in which he was held catchless. So I wonder if he is healthy enough to go out there and produce. Uh, I, I'll be going in blindly with Adam Thielen because I think he has the more appealing matchup out of the slot than Stefan Diggs has on the perimeter. Diggs is by far the better bet. I, I mean, don't even try to get me started there. But I actually think Adam Thielen, because he's done nothing, he's essentially been a ghost. I actually might put him in more DFS lineups than I will uh, uh, Stefan Diggs, who's going to see the Marshawn Lattimore matchup. So because of that, though, I have Kirk Cousins ranked seventh out of eight quarterbacks. Tom Brady is the only one I have ranked below Kirk Cousins right now uh, because I don't really love the matchup for him. I don't love the personnel that he's throwing to, even though I overall think he's playing pretty good football. Rudolph or Irv Smith? Flyer on either one? Uh, you can take a flyer on Irv Smith or Rudolph. Um, Saints have been a mediocre matchup for tight ends, giving up three touchdowns to the position over the past five weeks. They're more of a lineup filler, though, as opposed to somebody I'm actually excited about playing. Eagles and the Seahawks, 440 on Sunday. It's Carson and the practice squad posse. Uh, we don't know Miles Sanders' health. We don't know Zach Ertz's health. Makes it kind of tough, Joe. It does. Uh, I'm I'm leaning more towards uh, – I've ranked Sanders aggressively this week because I, I feel more positive vibes with him. I have him ranked fourth uh, behind the big three of Kamara, Cook, and Henry at running back this week. I um we only have uh, up at fantasyforagents.com we only have Zach Ertz in a placeholder right now I have him 16th um it just feels like with the kidney that that's really dangerous for him uh, until we get more positive vibes on him I'm uh, I I'm not going to rank him aggressively the guy that I do have ranked aggressively though is Dallas Goddard who I have at number 1 at tight end this week I think he's going to be peppered with targets in this matchup uh, the last time these two teams met Zach Ertz had 12 targets and Goddard had 7 uh, so, excuse me, Ertz had 12 receptions and Goddard had seven. Ertz had 14 targets and Goddard had eight. Those were the top two on Philadelphia's team the last time these two teams met. I would not be shocked to see Goddard get double-digit touches in, uh, targets in this game. So he's going to be a very popular DFS tight end, and for good reason. So I expect the Eagles to kind of focus this thing. If Sanders can go with Sanders, Boston Scott, and, uh, and with um, Dallas Goddard. Jordan Howard, I think, is probably more ready to play this week than he was last week. Didn't even get a carry last week. I would anticipate that he's more ready, but he is just a deep flyer for fantasy. But I really do like Greg Ward as well, who had seven targets in this matchup the last time these two teams played. Um, I know it wasn't that long ago. I think it was week 12 that they played. However... These are really different teams. The Eagles are clicking differently. The Eagles are the Eagles have, have finally found a group of receivers that all right, nobody's going to tell you they're good or they're great, but Carson Wentz has a little bit of a chemistry with these receivers. So I'm interested in, in in this group of guys here that he's throwing to. We saw Deontay Burnett, who literally, Ross, I did not know was on the roster until the game started last week. He made a big catch. We saw Boston Scott have the three touchdowns. All these guys are viable for DFS. If I'm going cheap at wide receiver, 
Oh, I'm probably going to use one of these Eagles guys with Deontay Burnett, uh, or I can even use Joshua Perkins, who's their Ertz replacement at tight end that they kind of use as a wide receiver. This is the team I think very is going to be very popular in DFS circles for those going bargain bin hunting so they can fill out their rosters because the Eagles have so many low-priced, no-name guys who are contributors right now just out of sheer necessity. Boston Scott, um, Joshua Perkins, Deontay Burnett, Robert Davis, Greg Ward, all these guys are contributing right now. And I think that that tells you a whole lot about what Doug Peterson and what Carson Wentz have been able to do here. Okay. Um, for the Seahawks on the other side, Very the running back situation is muddy. The receiver position is not. Uh, It's very interesting here because the last time these two teams played, Russell Wilson had a rough go of it. However, Tyler Lockett might not have been completely healthy. He didn't catch a ball until late in the fourth quarter. He had only one catch. DK Metcalf dropped a long pass and then dropped a touchdown after that. Jacob Hollister dropped a touchdown against Philadelphia. However, if we're looking at Seattle, who was their best offensive player the last time these two teams met? Rashad Penny. He was the guy who really took over. Chris Carson really struggled in the game. Rashad Penny had 14 carries for 129 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, he's not available. So Seattle probably was a 17-9 Seattle win. Seattle probably outplayed the Eagles more so than that, and they made some mistakes, but they've had some injuries since then. But like you said, Lockett and Metcalf, these guys are healthy now, and I really think Metcalf is a guy to focus on uh, uh, making a big play down the field. I think with Jalen Mills dinged up, Ronald Darby's out for the year I think uh I think he is the guy to focus on for Seattle uh I I think he's going to be very popular for DFS and the guy I would consider in the backfield although I definitely believe Marshawn Lynch is their is their goal line back the guy I'd consider in the backfield is actually Travis Homer who impressed me uh last week in that game against San Francisco I think they view him as the more versatile type of running back, explosive, and maybe he can do a, a facsimile of what Rashad Penny did against the Eagles back in week uh, back in week 12. So that is the guy I would probably focus on in this backfield, though I do anticipate Marshawn to be pretty popular for DFS because his price isn't so high and because he's Marshawn Lynch. I kind of like uh, Hollister, maybe. Yeah, he did drop a touchdown the last time these two teams played. But I will say this. The Eagles have always, uh, at least uh, in the Doug Peterson area, have been pretty good against tight ends. However, they gave up a big game last week to Caden Smith. Uh, Yeah, uh, not really a guy who I think a lot of people knew about until the end of the season. But Caden Smith, with Danny Jones pulling the trigger, 8 for 98 on 11 targets against Philadelphia last week. So Jacob Hollister obviously is the guy, uh, a, a guy you can consider at tight end. Ross, I think everybody here is going to flock to Goddard, whether or not Ertz plays. I think he's going to be the popular tight end in this in this game, and for good reason. But I do agree, after what Caden Smith did last week, I think Jacob Hollister's got a good shot to make some plays. Love it, Joe. Love when there's four games like this that we're all watching. A lot of people will have some different DFS lineups. You can also bet on the games over at betonline.ag using the promo code PODCAST1. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Maybe you can be like the folks that listen to the Even Money Sports Betting Podcast that won ten grand in the betonline.ag survivor pool. That is awesome. Awesome. Listeners of ours got $10,000. Very, very cool. Shout out Steve Shalabel and his Wisconsin 
even money betting syndicate. Very, very cool. Hopefully you guys can get, get some cool winnings this week, whether it's DFS or you play some wagers on the games themselves or the total. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just make sure you use that promo code PODCAST1. That'll do it for the one and only Fantasy Feast podcast this week. No longer need two episodes, just one and one only. Uh, if you have, get some email questions based on your fantasy experience this year, send them to me. We're going to get to start asking Joe some questions. So if you have strategy questions, draft questions, year-end questions, take advantage of any of the sponsors. Send me an email, ross at rosstucker.com. Apple Podcast rating and reviewing always is a huge help for us as well. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.